This episode of Round Guy Radio is brought to you by Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. And Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being community-minded just like you. Located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant. of Packwood, Iowa presents the Scoreboard Show. It's a Wednesday morning as we record this, and we had a whole bunch of action last night. We have everybody's favorite analyst, Scotty Melvin. Welcome to the program, Scotty. Hey, that's pretty high praise, Dave, but I appreciate it. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. We'll go over these scores kind of one at a time and then uh, address some things that happened. And uh, We've seen a lot of good. Uh, we've seen some of the Behavior we don't care for, but we also want to acknowledge how much how much good basketball there is, and how rare it is to have a bad incident, and uh, how yeah. great the, the 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 fans are here in Southeast Iowa. Uh, you won't find any better fans than you will at Waco or or Pekin or or Kyoto or Sigourney or Minneapolis or just you about name them all. Uh, these small towns are are. Uh, Really, really uh, great fans, great athletes, great coaches, great referees. Uh, that's what we're known for. So I'm going to start out, uh, Scotty, with this uh, uh, Mid-Prairie-Durant game. Uh, as Mid-Prairie bounces back from a, a, a tough loss to the Mount Pleasant Panthers and put a win on the board 62-54, to 40, to 54. Uh, Durant has been playing better lately. What do you know about this game? I don't know a ton about Durant. I know Nolan DeLong plays plays basketball up there too, and I'm sure you know any of these guys that are so good at one sport. Generally, you know they're going to transfer that talent to a large degree to another, even if it's not their their first sport or their chosen sport. I saw he got his uh, thousandth point uh, not too long ago for them, and uh, I don't know what their record is, but I got to think that they're they're a tough competitor. So I think this is a, a good win for the Golden Hawks. And I think between a win like that last night and then uh, the really great run they gave Mount Pleasant uh, a few nights ago or whatever, uh, man, the Golden Hawks are they're having a, a really fine season. I think they're going to be a, a well, uh, yeah. Uh, Durant had his five thousandth point. They they got a. Uh... A big win here recently. I'm not sure who it is, but uh, Mid Prairie, uh, uh, they, they had a loss to West Branch, who uh, I think they were tied for second, but uh, uh, they're hanging in there. Well, uh, we got the Waco Warriors here, and I'm sure you're uh, uh, well versed in the Waco Warriors. They took down Highland Huskies, who are really, really struggling. I mean, that, that's like the North Pole and the South Pole playing each other. Uh, it really is, man. Um, when I see the score, and you, you might uh, think what an odd score. It kind of looks like a big uh, kind of a football blowout score, 59 to 11. Um, on the plus side for Highland, though, you know, Waco is capable of putting up darn near 100 points every night. I didn't get to sit and watch this game. We had other things going on. But, um, you know, I got to think that's uh, somewhat of a win for, for the Huskies to keep uh, Waco just a shade under 60 points there. Well, uh, there's a game that I'm looking for the score, and I'm not finding it, uh, but Minneapolis played New London last night, and uh, I'm searching everywhere and not finding any scores. So, uh, But that was a very intriguing matchup, and uh, 
kind of probably had some playoff implications for both teams, you know, as far as the seeding and everything goes. But uh, no information on that. Uh, well, well, I mean, Waco Warriors, you got to have something to say about them. Well, I haven't seen, uh, you know, who led in scoring or rebounding or whatever. Um, you know, it, it sound like you sound like a broken record when we talk about them because it's it's kind of more of the same every night. They're just, you know, if the team comes out of the gate hot and, and hangs with them for a few minutes, it just seems like it's it's over so quickly with that stifling defense that they play, and they don't let up no matter what the situation. You know, they're going out and they're playing like you're supposed to play, regardless of the opponent. Uh, because you're you're gearing up to try to get as deep into that playoff as you can, make a run at state, maybe a, a run through state. And I, that's what I see from Waco. They're going out and they're doing their jobs. They, they're playing hard. They're playing fast, no matter who they're going up against. And it just translates into a bunch of wins. And uh, I'm sure last night was probably uh, over very quickly. Yeah, I'm sure of that. Well, the Waco Warriors are brought to you by the – Eichelberger Farms there in Washington. The reason why we have a lot of great coverage of uh, the Waco Warriors is a, is a, because we got a lot of help from Eichelberger Farms. Uh, we also had Pilot Grove Savings Bank. I just want to mention them because it, we, we're not going to read a score there of the Mount Pleasant Panthers because uh, they didn't play last night. Sigourney Savages rebounded, uh, put a win on the board, uh, 51 to 40 over the English Valley Bears. Uh, Sigourney has played uh, uh, well enough. I believe they that probably gives them a, a winning record again. But uh, they're a tough little team. Uh, play a pretty tough schedule. Uh, they're getting their wins, though, aren't they? Yeah, and they're going to uh, finish this season out, the regular season anyway. I think I, I still think they've got a good shot. I haven't looked ahead at their schedule, but I think they got a good shot at going over 500. Um, and, and they're one of those teams that, yeah, we've, we've seen them lose some – games uh, with a pretty big spread like to a Kyoto or whoever, but they've got the competitors and the talent on that team to steal one too. So they're one of them sneaky teams that when we get to uh, the playoffs here and you're one and done, if you take them lightly, they'll be the ones advancing. So uh, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how the Savages uh, finish out here and then what they do in that postseason. Well, I, I really think there's kind of a three-way scrum for second place in that Eastern side of the sickle. And, uh, uh, I like Sigourney's chances. I know uh, Iowa Valley's playing really good. Uh, 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 ELV or whatever that team is, they're 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 kind of pretty solid. They're right in there in the mix. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things going on. Uh, Bell Plain is, uh, I think they're probably tied with Sigourney for second. So I okay. think uh, there could be some movement, but uh, a, a win that uh, a conference win that the Sigourney Savages needed for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, any of those games that uh, aren't against them top-notch teams is in the sickle. Um, and, and I don't know about you, because you know more about this conference than me, but it seems like that other side of the division is the one that's got a little bit more depth as far as strong teams, whereas uh, um, the Kyoto and Sigourney side of things seem to be a little bit more top-heavy. Am I right saying that? I think you're right. I mean, Well, I mean, the Kyoto Eagles have already cleansed the division. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, there's, so, there's a couple weeks left in the season. Uh they're they're fourteen and three, but we'll get to talking about them here. Uh, okay. But uh, we have a, this is a great game, and I almost went to this game last night. My grandson uh, uh, almost won almost went with me. Uh, but the Pekin Panthers, fifty-two Hillcrest Academy, forty-nine. 
that looked like a great game and a big win for the Pekin Panthers, huh? I think it's a huge win for Pekin. I had early on in the season, I had Hillcrest kind of up there with the Wacos and the, and the Winfield Mount Unions and the New Londons and, and so on. And uh, as things have played out, I think that they're maybe just a shade below that that level, but they're on the cusp. So I guess that tells me Pekin's on the same cusp. And I, I think we both thought that um, since the beginning of the season. But now, you know, as, as things play out, they're proving that that's what they are. Another team from the area that uh, you just wouldn't want to face when, when the season's on the line and, and it's go home if you lose when we get to the playoffs. Yeah, well, uh, Peak is really playing outstanding. They are that. I don't know, whatever. You know, if one one team, like if Waco uh, is an A, I'm starting to feel like Peakin's a B, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're on that bubble. If B stands for bubble, Peakin's on the bubble. I mean, yeah. they are, you know, they play, I, I have to say, I think they play the toughest schedule of any team. Yeah, not, not many nights off, and I guess you could say that for a lot of the teams in, the, in southeast Iowa. Just such a stacked field this year, you know, and, and uh, yeah, Pekin, for me, they're they're on the bubble, all right, the bubble of greatness. Um, and, uh, yeah, this, this is going to be one wild postseason coming up, buddy. And, and Coach Swanson, he's always a schedule in non-conference games. They're absolutely brutal. Pella Christian, uh, EBF, you know, just an example of, some non-conference games that he plays, but he told me he just wants to play the best of the best, the best he can find all the time. So that team can't improve unless I'm playing the greatest players and the greatest teams and making it challenging. And, and uh, I really feel like it's starting to pay off, you know, because now they can win these grinded out games like this. Uh, Hillcrest Academy, you know, they're on the road, a little tough loss for them, actually, I think. Yeah, but it's, you know, if you're talking about the same thing for them, too. You know, playing these tough opponents um, doesn't do you any harm. It can only good can come from it. You, you, you learn from a loss. You learn where you need to get better. Um, you know, the upper echelon teams can, can show you where you're lacking and give you some stuff to work on. And, and then you get to see how the chips fall, hopefully, in a rematch. Um, and if not, you're going you're gonna to play somebody just as good as those guys or, or better somewhere down the line. You got to have uh, some challenges along the way. Well, here is a couple teams that was a battle. Uh, Louisa Muscatine uh, played Lo Lone Tree. Uh, Louisa Muscatine really having a great season, but Lone Tree has also been playing very well. Seemed like they they're putting together a pretty good season. Louisa Muscatine escapes uh, uh, Lone Tree with a sixty to fifty seven win. Uh, uh, one. I want to say uh, Lone Tree, that was a great game you played. And uh, Louisa Must, too. Louisa Must King got a big win here. I think that makes them 9-4 and four in their conference. You know, Louisa Muscatine, they, uh, little bits that I've got to watch them, uh, the most I got to see of them was against Waco, and they impressed me. Um, so, the, And I, I'm not trying to say Lone Tree doesn't have a nice little team as well. I just have felt like through this, this course of the season that they were maybe in that mid-tier of the area teams and for me i'm pretty high on the wise of muscatine i kind of put them up a little higher than that and so this one being a little bit of a knockdown drag out shock to me <laughs> a little bit but uh not surprised the wise of muscatine won but real happy for lone tree uh it looks like that's a, a team that's uh, good and improving and man that that bodes well for getting into uh that latter part of the regular season and heading into the playoffs well, here was a matchup I was intrigued with. Uh, 
wanted to see how it would come out as the Wapolo Indians played the Columbus Wildcats. Uh, not surprised that Wapolo came out on top here, 53-41. to 41. It looked like a little more of an offensive output for Columbus. But Columbus has been struggling, and uh, Wapolo uh, hasn't missed an opportunity to win a winnable game this year, have they? I don't think they have, and um, I think that's going to translate into maybe an upset down the line here. I'm waiting for that to happen. There's a few things I've been waiting to see happen all year long. I've been waiting to see Fairfield get hot, and we're seeing that. And I've been waiting to see Wapolo start uh, competing with some of the teams that um, maybe a little bit uh, what we'd, we'd call highly rated compared to them, I guess, um, because they have the talent. They've got not a lot of depth, but they've got talent to win ball games, and uh, you know th- this is a good win for them. I think we'll see an upset coming from them. I'm I'm expecting it, um, <laughs> and we're getting down to the wire here, so that that day's coming. Well, uh, yeah, um, big win for for Wapo. They do seem to be putting things together, getting things uh, uh, straight. Uh, like I said, I really haven't seen them lose a game that I expected them to to win. Uh, so I want to congratulate uh, them on that game. Well, we've got my uh, Kyoto Eagles who uh, um, played Iowa Valley last night. Now, Iowa Valley uh, uh, had a nice lead at the halftime, but uh, the Kyoto Eagles, there's a reason they're 14-3, and three, and uh, they took this one 63-52, uh, as I'm sure they took control in the, the second half. There's a player, and I don't have any – I just got uh, Andy McGuire texting me the scores and stuff, but uh, uh, Evan Vivito is a player that is being highly overlooked, and he is really, really, really stepping his game up. I know he was hurt uh, from the football season, and and it it took him a while to kind of get healthy and get it together, but, man, that kid is big and strong. And uh, I I, I am – well, you know – they did beat Montezuma, who beat the Wise and Muscatine. They played uh, a, a game, a good game against uh, North Mask. I think they could win against them. I think if everything fell in together, they could beat uh, uh, Linville Sully. Uh, very strong Kyoto Eagles team this year. You got any thoughts on them? Yeah, and uh, you know I can't remember the game I came and and sat with you guys to watch uh, against Linville Sully. It was a while ago. I don't remember if Evan, he played, but I don't know that he was at full strength because I didn't really know about this football injury or whatever. That's kind of a common thread. A lot of kids that play football and they go on a deep playoff run, it's going to take them about half the season to kind of get back into basketball shape and, and get good and healthy again. And uh, I, So I don't remember him being as big of an impact at that point in the season as he might be now. Yeah, he but was it, definitely it, limited, not, not, but now they're just shoving the ball to him and he just jamming okay. it in and, and – uh, you know, he got 24 points, uh, uh, I think, against Sigurdy the last time I seen him. Uh, uh, he's playing well, big. Uh, Cole Thornton is, or Cole uh, Kindred is really, really stepping up. His brother Billy's playing very well for a sophomore. Uh, a lot of help from the bench. Uh, you know, it's uh, that that coached out makes the best halftime adjustments, man. I mean, uh whatever's going wrong in the first half is not going to go wrong in the second half. That guy uh, makes good, good reads, sees what the team needs to do and, and gives them a plan and they implement it uh, really looking well. And 14 and three is nothing to sneeze at, is it? 
It certainly isn't, and especially in a, a conference like the Sickle. And you're right. Uh, I, I think Coach Stout seems to have a great basketball mind, and he's got his son Sawyer kind of running things there, and the two of them together. Uh, that's a that's a nice uh, combination of, of uh, basketball knowledge out there on the court. You got Evan Vitito, who's a superb athlete. Um, Cole Kindred, one of the best slashers I've seen this year. Uh, a kid drive the ball to the basket, make a make a two point bucket happen or a foul. You know that that kind of kid. You need to a basket now. He can go get it for you. Um, Billy hitting the threes. Um, yeah, they're they're an impressive team, man. And and uh, every every loss that they've had, they could just as easily flip. I think. And, well, I don't and think we're going to beat Waco. That's uh, Waco beat us by thirty five points, and they run us out of the gym. And well. That, that you kind of throw time. Waco out of it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, the Wise and Muscatine, I, I, are, uh, yeah, we beat them. They're pretty great. Uh, Bell Plains got a pretty good record. Singer got a pretty good record. Uh, uh, this Iowa Valley team is nothing to sneeze at. They just won three conference oh. games back to back to back. So they're, they're good, and I think they're playing inspired ball. Uh, you know, after some kind of tragic uh, stuff has happened over that way, they were, yeah, they're formidable. Uh, Montezuma, the win over Montezuma, for me, that's Kyoto's signature win. That is a huge win right there. Well, I'll run over the girls' scores just real quick. You don't have to respond or anything. I just thought I'd just throw them out there. Sure. Uh, uh, wow, the Pekin Panther girls got a win. 56 to 21 over Hillcrest. Well, congratulations to the Pekin girls. Uh, Sigourney Savages, Lady Savages. Uh, I like that team. I think they're good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like they are the best team, and I think they will win that. Uh, but they got over the English Valley Bears, 43-30. They got a lot of, lot of big, tall players, and, and uh, the Signory Savages, uh, uh, they look good the couple, three, four times I've seen them this year. Well, uh, yeah. Iowa Valley girls did get my cue to Eagle girls, uh, fifty-one to twenty-two. Uh, we are very uh, vertically challenged with the Kyoto Eagle girls, but I, I love watching them. They got more spike and more spunk than any team, and and they just battle. And uh, well, yeah, that my daughter and I got to see them play that night up at Kyoto against uh, Linville Sully, and I thought those girls were extremely, uh, yeah, all effort, a lot of grit there. Well, the, the Columbus Wildcat girls have played better than the boys this year, but they came up a little short here against Wapolo at 43-38. Uh, Waco girls do what the Waco girls do, 60-25. to 25. Uh, And the Golden Hawk girls uh, uh, beat uh, the Wildcats, who have uh, Durant's sister, and she's one of the league leaders in scoring. Well, Scotty, we're right down to the game that uh, uh, we need to talk about, and that is... Fairfield won their big win, 77-63 over uh, City High. But this has turned into a debacle. And uh, I'm not understanding how why City High is acting the way they are. And uh, they have created so much ill will uh, in the game by I, – I just don't like any the way that they're handling this. And uh, I'm not – in particularly uh, a big fan of their sportsmanship. What what did you see going on there? What do you know about what happened here? Well, first, let me say I was not there. You know, I, I'm going off of what a lot of folks would be going off of. Some stuff you see uh, tweeted out there, articles, uh, a little bit of video that was not uh, good. Let's put it that way. And I got some strong feelings about it. And I'm not going to get crazy with that here. I'll do that on my Twitter. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got, I've got a daughter. 
fourth grade. She plays basketball for Fairfields coming up in the system there. Uh, big night for her and her teammates. They got to high-five the uh, kids during the starting lineup. They were out there on the court with them. Um, and do you think I want my daughter there seeing this kind of behavior, this kind of example or lack thereof? No. And then I've got a son that goes to City High. So I'm, I'm a City High guy, too. You know what I mean? I got skin in the game both ways as far as, hey, uh, I root for both of these schools. I lived in Fairfield for six years sometime back in my life. Um, spent a lot of time in Iowa City. Um, got kids in the school systems. And, and so th- that's what's probably got me a little more agitated than the average person, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I, don't, I can't really speak on what the City High coach felt was was said this uh racially charged thing because i was not there i didn't hear it, i didn't see it but i also have talked to people that were there uh people that are close to me and none of them heard or saw this either so you and the fact that there are not being any comments made after the fact make you wonder is this a, a guy who just lost his temper made something up to try to scapegoat out of it or whatever i don't know and there's an investigation going on and that's all we can really any of us can go on and you know it's one of the deals where if he if he's telling the truth that that's a bad deal but that's something that's you know between officials and the organizations and the the ihsaa and all that stuff uh not a lot we can really say except to speculate on it having said that it seemed to um escalate things and i don't think as adults when i see fans acting nutty i see a coach acting nutty seems to trickle on down to the kids and uh that's where we failed and and it kind of came to a, a head there at the end of the game to the point where they had to call it off because of this scrum that happened um and then again this is my personal feelings but th- this police escort out to the bus for city high and all that stuff look i've lived in fairfield I may not have been at the game and I'm sure things are heated. This happens in competition. Sometimes it boils over, you know, it's not the end of the world. If, uh, if a kid gets physical or whatever, but you own up to it, you, 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 uh, take your consequences and move on and get better. Right. Well, this, so I feel like the, the entire city is kind of getting dragged. The community of Fairfield's getting dragged through the mud here, uh, through the media. And, uh, some of it's not real direct, but I'm no dummy. I've been around a while. And uh, I can read between the lines a little bit. And I don't like some of the stuff I'm seeing. I didn't, I didn't care for the letter that came to the parents uh, from the city high administration. I don't like the way it was worded. I don't like the, the kind of light that it put Fairfield in. And I think they need to do better. I think they need to send out another one. I think uh, Fairfield's owed an apology. These are my feelings. And anyone can disagree with them. That's fine. But that's the hill I'm dying on. And it take a lot to move me from this position. Well, you know, we interviewed, uh, we heard there was a scrum, you know, we heard there was some tempers and, and some pushing and shoving going on. So I got a hold of Nathan Piercy, uh, interviewed him that afternoon. He said, you know, when I get off work, I'll give you a call. And he yep. goes over the game with us. He said they were uh, upset about some fouls, but he didn't uh, exactly think that they were ticky-tack fouls. And, and Nathan was paid to pay attention. You know what I mean? He's got right. a pretty good seat. He's got pretty good eyes. He can hear and see what's going on as good as anyone else. He he was completely and utterly unaware. Uh, but, I mean, from what I gather, there's an accusation that an unidentified official made some kind of racially insensitive remark. So that doesn't mean that he said something 
racist. You know, he said some kind of what they determined was a racist. But I'll tell you what, their coach got two technical fouls. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I've covered twenty games this year live or something in that range. I've never seen a coach even get one technical foul. You know, so uh, you gotta, be, you gotta, you gotta. As a coach, you got you can't really be doing that, you know. No, uh, and I've seen, I mean I've seen coaches get upset with calls, yes, yes, you know, and I've seen them have heated arguments with the referees, but I've never seen it get to the point where he had to tee one of them up. Exactly, you know? and so I, I'm thinking that. And so this guy got got two. Yes, know, and that throws you out of the game right there. So uh, whether the the referee who uh, everyone. All three referees deny that anything was said. Uh, and the way they handled it is the worst part of all of this is because, uh, according to the statements, the Fairfield principal never knew anything about this. Uh, Nathan Pearson, who calls the game, doesn't didn't hear anything said or, or even know that that problem even existed, you know. And then uh, they don't call the officials or the Iowa Athletic Association, you know, they make a statement to the press and release a, 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 a letter to the parents, you know, and I'm telling you straight up, two, two very negative consequences could happen over this. Number one, I wouldn't blame the Iowa uh, Athletic Association for not sending a referee to ever call a game for them again. And two, uh, I think they might be sued for libel if they can't prove this happened. Because you just can't take it to the press and have it written and blasted out all over unless it's true, you know. And if it's true, I condemn it. But, uh, you know, if it was true, the first call they should have made would have been to the Iowa Athletic Association, wouldn't you think? Yeah, there's channels to go through on this stuff. Uh, you don't immediately head out to the press and, and the parents and, and get this thing as ugly as it can possibly be. Uh, I don't think that's the right way to go. Now, like you said, if there's truth to the allegation, then then we've got, you know, definitely a leg to stand on there for, for the folks at City High that are involved in this whole thing. Uh, and, and something needs to be done about that for sure. But we don't know that yet. And uh, what, the, what we do know facts-wise is we got a, a coach that got heated enough that he got thrown out of a game due to two technical fouls, which, again, I wasn't there, but from what I hear, this wasn't like some big blow up and, and he got assessed two bang, bang. There was one earlier and one later. So. And, like, and that in and of itself is, is something I could overlook. You know what I mean? I, oh I yeah. Things get yeah. And I know that, I know that, uh, you know, when you're an athlete and you're expected to win and you're getting your butt handed to you, it's frustrating. Yeah, know? it is. And if you think you're getting a raw deal and all that <clears throat> from the officiating, it, it tends to get people upset and all that stuff. Um, it's still a lesson in uh, having a little bit of self-control. And, hey, we're all guilty. I've, I've had, especially in my younger days, not very good at that. And uh, But, you know, when you're, when you're trying to set an example for kids, um, under that kind of a spotlight, especially, I mean, you got to do better. And if you don't, that's fine. But, like I said, you admit it, you, you apologize, and you move on. Now, the racially charged stuff, this is another thing, and we just got to wait for more details to come out. But as far as the things that, that happened afterwards and whatnot, and then, like you said, the way that the, the school has chosen to handle it up there, that just uh, – And I'm not, I'm not like saying I, anything about the coach because the coach didn't make any statement. 
They exactly. said that a, a referee who they wouldn't name said said a racially insensitive thing that they won't explain, and uh, and you got a coach that didn't make any comment at all, and yet we got a letter. We've got uh, Fairfield being smeared here. Uh, yeah. We got we got uh, uh, the press in Iowa City jumping on it, and uh, uh, no call to Iowa Athletic Association. No call to the principal, superintendent, or athletic director of the Fairfield Trojans about it. Uh, I just got done talking to the Iowa Valley coach uh, about a tragedy that they had. Fairfield mm -hmm. had the same uh, uh, a student suicide uh, a year ago. They had a teacher that was killed. And by yep. God, they've been through enough. Enough. Uh, and I don't know, understand how just a little old high school basketball game uh, could lead to this much bad publicity for the sport, for the state, and uh, uh, and like I say, there's there's no call for anybody to, to say that kind of thing. But gosh, I mean, if if you think somebody might have said something, and you go straight to the press without being able to verify it, and you bring all this bad, uh, you and me, Scotty, are trying to present uh, Iowa high school athletics in a positive way, and this uh, didn't seem to yeah didn't seem to to kind of seem to undo a lot of our work, didn't it? Well, I'll tell you the way it makes me feel. Like I said, uh, maybe I go a little bit deeper in, in it all because of my kids being in these schools, but this podcast and working with you on it when you give me the opportunity, exactly what you said there. We're trying to present everything in a positive light, even for the teams that struggle and whatnot. We try to find something good uh, to talk about at all cost and then this feels like a betrayal to me <laughs> of, of all the work and the hours that goes into this that is not paid you know what i'm saying we're you know we're doing this uh for the love of it and for the love of our area and communities and stuff and and to have one come in and 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 kind of wreck all that not just ours but anybody that works in this and does get paid you know um i don't know it just really galls me how how the administration is chosen to handle this and i hope they do the right thing and uh retract some stuff and and say the right things going forward well uh this isn't the exact first time that uh city high has been involved in something like this but uh we'll, i want to get into a little bit of that well on second thought maybe we should just kind of move on uh, we said enough about that game you know uh, yeah, that's fine. No, it was another great night of high school basketball scotty uh i understand uh, where you're coming from and i'm you know this, this is a place where people, fans, kind of been a little bit about sports and what's going on. So uh, you got a score for me from the New London game, you said. Yes, that's correct. I had to go to our friends uh, there at Varsity Bound, and I uh, was able to dig it up. New London, you said they were at home. It says they were at home here. Yeah, they they come out 61-49 over a really good Minneapolis team. Well, it was uh, and then uh, to top that off, we had a huge night from Blaze Porter in this game, and he seems to be the uh, one of the best players in Southeast Iowa, if not the best. And he went for 35 points, 12 rebounds, and four assists. So a huge night against a huge opponent. Um, big win for New London. Is that Purple Haze, Blaze Porter, you're talking about? That is correct. The guy that plays the basketball like Jimi Hendrix plays the guitar. That would be the one. It's uh, you know, he 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 tickles the twine the way old Jimmy <laughs> used to tickle the guitar strings, man. And uh, he's a special player. Uh, so smooth in what he does, and 
you know, I, I don't know if we'll see anyone uh, of his caliber come through again. Or I'm sure we will, but it could be a long time. Well, uh, yeah, him and uh, Cade the Blade Benjamin down there uh, are a uh, 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 package to deal with, aren't they? Yeah, it's a, a super potent one-two punch there with the guard that, that plays like Blaze and then a, and then a big man like like uh, Cade down there handling things closer to the hoop. Um, you know, the only thing you can say about New London, and, and I don't know if you can say it in the past, every year is different, but I feel like they're one of the teams with all the talent they have. They're in that up, upper echelon of, of elite teams in our area, but they're one of the maybe shorter on-depth teams, um, kind of what Winfield Mountain Union was a year ago. But they're still going to be super tough to beat down the stretch here and a, and a big-time player uh, making a run towards that state tournament when we get to that point here shortly. And they're a well-coached team. I, I love their coach. Yeah. He's, he's really yeah. good at coaching basketball. Uh, but uh, Minneapolis, you'll bounce back from this. And I got a major – you want some breaking news? Yeah, I love breaking news. Uh, with I don't know how they did it, but they went from – Minneapolis went from 5% of our audience to 11% of our audience in the state, and they uh, tied uh, Washington – as the number one listener uh, listening town in the state of Iowa, how about that? This doesn't surprise me. They um, that's a, that's a town that's got a lot of pride in their in their school and is, is certainly their athletics and whatnot. Their coaches are willing to take time out to talk to you and anybody else uh, that wants to listen. I mean that that's kind of what it takes. Everybody wants to hear about their team and their players and whatnot. So. Uh, you know, and you've given a platform that's uh, a little different than the others with uh, they can take more time, talk about more players and more details, things like that. Uh, doesn't surprise me a bit. Well, my goal was to have the best high school. Uh, 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 well, the, you know, the best podcast Southeast Iowa could have the, the one that represented the best. But as far as covering high school sports, uh, there is a there is a one down there where you're at in Florida that, that had been leading the way. Uh, I'd like to think that we're as good as them or, or close to as good as them. And if we're not, uh, it ain't from a lack of trying, is it? Well, that's all we can do <laughs> is, is put out the effort. And you're not short on that. You turn out more episodes than any podcast I listen to. Well, I, I was the number one creator of content in the world last year in uh, podcasting. So, uh, well, And let's not forget, it isn't just the sports. We uh, Liz and I took a drive yesterday, day before. Remember which we've been down to the Florida Keys, we've been down to Venice, we've kind of been all over the place down here, cramming a lot of activity in, and and that's the times when I throw the podcast on in the truck or whatever. And uh, we listened to the one uh, with John Bain and Micah Peck. Uh, I think that was yesterday. And what a what a pleasure it was to hear from the band director there at, at Waco and some of the things he talked about to go beyond even his job or whatever, but the, the community there and his own um, uh, views on life and the things he's trying to teach his kid. I kept. I kept bumping Liz and saying, hey, this is this guy sounds just like me is what I'm trying to teach my kids. It was a really, really good listen, a pleasure to listen to that one. So, you know, it's not all sports. No, it isn't. And then, we, uh, then John uh, got that interview with, uh, uh, with Ernest from uh, – uh, uh, or not Ernest, but uh, Enos, Enos uh, from Dukes of Hazard. What did you yeah. think of that? Yeah, I love that one, and and we didn't get all the way through it because our trip ended when that one was playing. Uh, but that was really cool listening to all the history of the things he's done. 
they go beyond even his acting career. His, his singing, uh, college football playing. Uh, I believe he played at Georgia. Uh, some of that. With, uh, he, played, he played with Burt Reynolds in Florida. Well, I, I could have sworn in there. I'm going to have to listen to it again because we hit traffic, and so I was kind of in and out of it a bit at parts. But I can swear he said he played college football with Lee Corso at Georgia. Well, and he says – he said he didn't. He doesn't know if, if Lee Corso would remember him, and I'm like, how in the hell couldn't he remember him? You know, it's the Enos from from the Dukes of Hazard. But yeah. uh, it was really interesting. Well, it was a great, uh, uh, great list. We got a lot of listen. Uh, uh, Georgia moved up a lot in our uh, state ranking listeners uh, after that, as well as Florida. Um, well, it was great talking to you, Scotty. I guess we'll just uh, wrap this up. Uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to put out. I think that's all I got for now. We're kind of just sitting around here this morning and waiting to see what the weather does before we go uh, gator hunting or whatever. <laughs> what, what you do in Florida. Uh, yeah, um, I do I do like the, the band thing because, uh, you know, you've been to Waco games, and that band really adds a bunch, doesn't it? It does, and, and you know, some of the small schools are short on that into things. There just isn't enough kids for everybody to play sports, be in the band, and do whatever. And so sometimes you see just a kind of a smattering of, of kids trying to handle that band thing. And but Waco, you know, talk about it a lot when it comes to sports, but it goes for any extracurricular activity. You got to have participation and, and Waco's got that. A lot of school spirit, a lot of pride, participation from the kids, uh, teachers, administrators, community leaders, parents that care. And uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the best schools around, like a Mid-Prairie and so many others. And uh, we're lucky to have them. You know, I like this, you know, the, the, the op, you know, you got your, your son that goes to Iowa City High, uh, you know, you, you mentioned he has a lot of opportunities up there, you know. But I'm going to say, yeah. if you go to a small school, your opportunities to play sports are way increased. Uh, the Kyoto Eagles girls, uh, uh, a couple of them, after the game, they go put the cheerleading outfits on and they cheer the boys, you know. Yeah. So they're, they're doing the cheerleading and the basketball playing. I mean, it's uh, – it's a incredible opportunity to get to do what you want to do, get to participate. You know, there's a lot of, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, Lars Ulrich from Metallica was the, was a prodigy uh, from Switzerland or something, uh, but he's a tennis player, you know. Yep. He's a great tennis player, a world-ranked tennis player. But when he went to high school in Los Angeles, he couldn't even make the team. You know, that's how good you got to be to play at a great big school, you know. Yeah, it, it's kind of a, a interesting to touch on that point. I, I had the opportunity to work uh, several weeks uh, before we jetted out to Florida with uh, uh, Zach Stout from Washington, who was a great athlete there. And, you know, for as great as he was at basketball and football, his chosen sport to go play in college was soccer. And he said, hey, he's like, I was the best soccer Washington had when I was there at school. So he went to, to college play soccer he said you know what you learn when you get to college everybody was the best player at their school yeah <laughs> so that's true you jump right out of that little pond into a big one and uh, it can be quite a uh, quite a shock to your system but he stuck it out and kudos to the kids that do that because you know be prepared it isn't the same deal <laughs> well the packwood locker has presented the scoreboard show with scotty melvin scotty you came with all the sunshine from florida and all the the Spunk and uh, uh, attitude you always bring. So thanks for being with us, guys. <laughs> Anytime, Dave.
This episode of Round Guy Radio has been brought to you by Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna and Aaron's dealer. And Wayland State Bank, over 90 years of being community-minded just like you. Located in Wayland, Winfield, and Mount Pleasant.